Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. West Cork Beard Company make beard oil and beard balm for a strong, healthy, great looking beard handmade from all natural ingredients in Clonakilty, West Cork check out their YouTube channel for beard care tips and advice or catch them online at westcorkbeardcompany.ie for gooners everywhere this is the ultimate football app for you for match highlights, interviews and the best Arsenal videos and podcasts Download the free Gunners app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to another episode of the same old Arsenal team talk. We've had a few technical issues. Uh, We are going to be joined by Manny in a few minutes time, but he is having some problems with his Sky Broadband, which I'm sure he'll be ranting about when he comes back on. But I am delighted to say that I'm your host, Dan Potts, and I'm joined tonight by the wonderful Albert. Albert, how are you doing, bro? Yeah, good man. Finally, finally glad to be on, mate. I appreciate the love. Um, away from YouTube world and obviously being on the channel, a big fan of the podcast. So yeah, I'm glad to be on, man. Share some views, man. <laughs> man, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. I've wanted to yeah, get you man. on for a while, man, because I love your channel yeah. and love what you do. And uh, I'm sure people in the chat will appreciate your views as ever. Uh, Albert, yeah. it's been a real tough year, to be fair, mate. It's been a horrible 2020 for everybody, but it has been a real rough ride for yourself in particular. Um, obviously, you've had some some rough news, and I just wanted to make sure that everything was kind of okay in the family. And I know that sounds a bit of a stupid question. Obviously, yeah. you lost your mum to COVID in April. Um, and uh, I just wanted to know how you guys were coping and how 
how you guys were doing as a family, man. Um, yeah, thank. I appreciate the love, man. I've got to give a big shout out to the sort of Arsenal community. I've met some guys at Arsenal games. I've interacted with guys on Twitter and Instagram, for example. The love's been incredible. Matched that with obviously trying to do my YouTube channel in between. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a rough year, man. It's gone. Um, um, but you know what? We're a strong family, and we sort of stick together. Um, you got to be a, let that emotional side out as well as be strong. Um, you need a mixture of both because it's a tough time, man. Um, a lot of people struggling in terms of work and jobs and i'm going through that as well uncertainty uncertainty shall i say um yeah i appreciate like i said i appreciate the love um it's been a rough year but you know still kind of i still got a lot of things sort of sort of holding me back a little bit in terms of me delivering my content in regards to my channel um which i'm still trying to get content out there but sometimes dan priorities you know family and other things take control so um it's a tough, tough balance, but I'm sure I'm not the only one out there that's sort of going through their struggles. So um, anybody's out there, man, just try and stay strong. It's difficult, but we'll get there in the end, man. Absolutely, man. And you're always welcome to chat anytime. You know that. And I'm sure you're going to get a lot of love in the chat. Um, let's bring Manny back in. Manny is here. We believe there may be some technical glitches. Manny, can you hear us, mate? He's on mute. I'm going to take that as a no. I'm going to leave him to see if he can I'm hear here, us. Manny. Hey, I'm here, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. What's going on, people? Yeah, good to see you, mate. Good to see you guys, man. Good to be on again, bro. How's it going, Manny? How's things? All good, man. All good. I've got my trolling hat on today, man. I think there's a, there's some, there's some United fans, man, that need some humbling today yeah <laughs> i want you know what <laughs> i wonder if i wonder if they're gonna be as active in the comments as they were last week i think it's gonna be a little bit quieter don't you think because they had a lot of talk in the comments last week man so hence the avatar man you know what i mean hence the the, the scary antoinella as my avatar today yeah <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, man, I was, I was hoping that weren't you on a bad weekend, Manny. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, I see that. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm a lot prettier than that, boy. Look, but look, uh, like, isn't that a picture, though? That's a wonderful <laughs> picture, man. It's going to be a good show, man. It's going to be a good show. Buckle it will, up, man. It will. It will. United no, it fans, come in, man. I, 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 I got you today, man. Uncle Manny's <laughs> got you today, man. Just come in and it's, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? We're all laughing, and one guy that is definitely laughing is Mr. Kevin Campbell. Super Kev's yes, watching. Kev. Good evening to yes, you, KC. Yes. Hey, Dan, all the best. All the best, Albert and Manny. Big up, uh, KC. I'm sure you're as happy as we were after beating Manchester United, and that is where we're going to start. Uh, we don't normally look at back at games. We have to look back at this one. This was, mm. for me, I'll start with you, Albert, because... As far as I'm concerned, me and Manny were talking about it last week. We wanted to see solutions. We wanted to see something different. We wanted to see different players coming into the team. And I think Arteta kind of provided us with that. But what did you make of it in terms of seeing us against Leicester and then seeing us against Manchester United? Um, you know, the issue I've had um, with Arsenal for quite a number of years, but obviously under Arteta's reign is the fact that we have, we're very inconsistent at starting on the front foot. Um for example, when I was just to think when Arteta first came in, he him and him and Emery were the opposites. Like we would start with Emery, we would start games poorly, but then we then we'd be better in the second half. But then when Arteta first came in, we started well, but the second half wasn't too fantastic. Um, but I think in, in regards to the Man United game, sorry for Leicester game, sorry. Um, 
Yeah, people said the first half was pretty decent. I, I mean, from what I saw, we was okay, Dan. Like, it wasn't nothing to write home about. Yes, we should have gone in at halftime, at least two goals clear, but we didn't. Um, we knew how Leicester were going to set up, um, particularly, especially as Vardy didn't start the game. Um, and we got sucker punched, mate. Um, but one thing I must say, sort of moving on to the May United game, with Arteta, it's quite obvious to me. And I think it's... I think it's partly a good thing. We never know. He's not predictable in terms of team lineup. There's always a curveball in there. So when I when I did my preview in terms of the team I thought he's going to pick for um, the May United game, um, I was actually I actually I actually wanted um, Partey and El Nene in the middle. I didn't have Xhaka in the team um, purely simply because the mobility he doesn't have. Um, to cover the ground and to just offer us a bit more. That's not delegating him as a player, but I just think he we lack that mobility in midfield. Um, didn't see the Rob Holding um, inclusion nah. coming. I didn't even know he was even fit, Dan. Honestly, I was shocked when I see him in the team. I couldn't believe it. But um, the front three was predictable. And the way the game sort of going into the game, Dan, the build-up, I think the last two years going to Old Trafford, we've been favourites going into those games. But I actually thought United were favourites going into this game. And it surprised me, Arsenal actually started on the front foot, which we haven't done for quite a while in quite a few of the games. So um, to not sort of go ahead was disappointing in the first half because we had the chances there. I wouldn't say we exactly cut United open, but there were opportunities there for us to get the goal to go 1-0 up. But um, I was generally surprised how we started the game, mate, to be honest. And um, I think a 1-0 win actually probably flattered United a bit in the end. Um they huffed and puffed. Um, I don't think they really had a clue how to break us down because he's was very compact in between the lines. He was defensively sound. Um, big shout out to um, Mohamed Nenny and Thomas Party. They absolutely bossed the midfield from start to finish. Saka's dangerous as normal. Um, Gabriel, an absolute colossus. Um, to think we got him, Dan and Manny, for, what, 20, 20 30 million euros? Mm. Was a steal. Um I'd be fair, I didn't hear a lot about him, if I'm being honest. But if you know, if you look at the clubs that are actually interested in him and for us to get him was an absolute um, bargain. And like I said, to not beat United for 14 years is a terrible record. And that monkey is off our back now. And um, big win, Dan. And most importantly, clean sheets. I'm happy, man. I'm smiling. Yeah, do you know what? I think every Arsenal fan was. And in that 14 years, fan, that's been a painful 14 years but Manny we were talking last week about we want to see solutions we want to see something different are you happy that you did see a response Manny the only thing I'm unhappy about is that we didn't stuff him by you know two three clear goals you know I mean I was happy with the curveball in in Rob Holden because Rob Holden was my curveball because we didn't hear anything about him being back in training. We didn't hear anything about him, you know, even having a fitness test. So for him to start the game was surprising. And, you know, the performance that he ended up having was, you know, one that's gone under the radar, you know, for some in some quarters of the fan base. But I was happy with the solutions because that's what we've been talking about. And, when I say solutions, it's something that Arteta brought up as well. And that's, you know, trying to get Aubameyang in the game a bit more. And the way he did that was by making the right-hand side a lot more effective. You know, by making the right-hand side work a lot better than it has. You know, and Willian and Bellerin actually 
monopolize that side well if Willian's on the outside, Bellerin's on the inside, and vice versa. And with the support of either El Nenny and Partey as well to get them in those positions and taking advantage of Pogba, you know, being lazy as he is and not doing the defensive work. So it enabled us to, you know, double team on Luke Shaw time and time again. And, you know, not having a burger in front of Luke Shaw, he wasn't exactly going out there and, and you know, closing down Bellerin or Williams, you know what I mean? So, yeah, man, I was happy with the solutions, bro. And that performance, 1-0 flattered them. We really should have battered them, you know, to put the exclamation mark on their mouths because they had a lot of talk, Dan. Yeah, they had a lot of talk. They didn't back up any of it. Any of it, bro. <laughs> and this is the thing, man. Now we last week, right, Albert? We see me and Manny. We see people in the chat from Man United, which is absolutely fine. I'm more than happy if there is any United fans in the chat. They seem pretty quiet all of a sudden this week, mind you. But if they are in the chat, then please do comment because last week they were really mouthy. And I see four nils. Mm. We're going to hammer you three nils. We're going to be looking at Fred is better than Party. I was hearing. Yeah, I was hearing McTominay is going to dominate. You know the 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 midfield. All this absolute nonsense that we're hearing and. For me, I want to move on to the midfield because I think, like you, Albert, dropping Granite Chaka was one of the best things that we could have happened in that game. And the reason I say that is not just because I don't like the guy, because I'm not a huge fan of Granite Chaka. I think that he's improved under Arteta, but he's not got the mobility and the athleticism that I think the midfield needs. And what we saw with El Nini and Party was not just the fact that it was a good partnership all of a sudden, but the way it worked was they were mobile. They they wanted the ball. And when they were on the ball, they wanted to drive forward. And I just want to bring up Granite Chaka's passing against Leicester because I was brought this up, right? So I'm going to share my screen because this, for me, just shocked me. I just thought to myself, this is why Granite Chaka does not deserve to be, at the moment, in this midfield and the El Nini and, um, and uh, Party do. I don't know if you can see this. I'm going to make this bigger. Yeah. So this is Granite Chaka's 98 passes against Leicester. Busy going nowhere is what it's called. And look at those passes. They are sideways, backwards, mm. sideways, backwards. Now, people can sit there and say that he's on the ball so, so much, Granite Chaka, and he's, you know, reliable when you get the ball. Um, give him the ball and, you know, he'll keep the ball. But look at where he's going with it. I can count, mm. what, five Forward passes there, everything else sideways, backwards, sideways, backwards. Now, some of that is okay. He's been told to play that way and to keep be the kind of reliable one, don't make the mistakes. But El Nenny can do that plus more. And I think one thing about El Nenny that he's always managed to do is to keep it simple. And that's exactly what Granite Chaka looks to be doing there. Getting nowhere quickly or busy going nowhere is just spot on for me there. And I think that we are now moved on from Granite Chaka. And I think. Arteta has proven that with the partnership with El Nini and Party. Now, I'm not saying that is what we need to play every single game because there is going to be games where that might not work against some of the opposition. But I think that straight away, that stat proves that if El Nini and Partey would have been in the team against Leicester, then perhaps our midfield would have kind of got something that I think it's lacked for a few weeks now. Obviously, without Danny Ceballos, who I thought was really poor against Leicester as well, we saw him being dropped out of the team, which I think surprised quite a few people that both were dropped and we just completely revamped it with El Nenny and Party. But what I loved about this midfield against Manchester United was that it was disciplined, but it also somehow gave us the creativity that I believe that we have kind of half lacked. We have created chances, don't get me wrong, but I don't believe that they've come from Chaka or Ceballos. It's normally been through the likes of Bukayo Saka or the likes of uh, Aubameyang. So 
or even Tierney to that point. So I think what I saw in that midfield was something that gave us something completely different. It was uh, really tough for the Old Trafford boys to do anything about that midfield. We totally bossed it. I don't think that Fred being deep did anything for Man United's favours. And McTominay, who I thought was going to be deep, um, was pretty poor, which led to Pogba being pretty much, and Bruno Fernandes being pretty much invisible. So I take my hat off to Mo Elneny and Thomas Party in that situation. Albert, do you think that midfield now going forward for Arsenal is going to take us to the next level? Or do you think that it still needs more in there? Uh, good question, Dan. Um, that's, that's an unbelievable stat, by the way, um, with the passing graph there. Um, I, I said before the start of the season, when people asked me, like fellow Gooners, um, would be finishing the top four um, this season. Um, and I said no, because, and, and that was even before we signed Thomas Partey and even with him in the side, I just think we didn't do the necessary recruitment. But, you know, we've got January coming up, so we'll see what happens then. But that's another story. But um, I think in regards to the midfield going forward, um, even before the game against United, then I think Arteta's obviously talked about um, a clean slate for people and he's shown some mad faith in Elneny and that's been repaid in Elneny's performance in talking about him in particular. Um, I don't know any games he's played this season where he hasn't played well. Um, I think yeah. he's played. And the thing I think, you know what it is with Elneny, Dan and Manny, it'd be interesting to know what you guys think, but I don't really think I've seen enough of Elneny as a player to know how good he is or how good he isn't because he more or less spent the last two years on exile uh-huh. playing in, in, you know, in, in, um, in Turkey, I think it was uh, for Besiktas, was it? Um, so he's very forward. He's he's very forward thinking. He always looks to be progressive. He always looks to play the ball forward, which is I didn't know he had that in his game. If I'm being honest with you, um, maybe that's me being naive and not knowing how he plays. No, but, no, I think no, it's a I fair think, comment. Yeah, yeah. So I think going forward, Dan, like I said, the mobility thing for me is a huge, huge, it's huge, huge factor, and that can't be overlooked. Um, but I think going forward. It's difficult with Arteta because you don't know you don't know who he's going to pick week in week out. But I think with the the nucleus and the balance of the team, Dan, I think he's going to pick probably about six or seven players that will probably play week in week out. But about four or five players, you, you're not too sure. But going forward, nothing personal against Granite Xhaka. I'm not his biggest fan personally, but I just think El Nene gives a bit more, and that partnership with Partey just it worked beautifully against Manchester United. And I hope going forward. Um, we see it more. I still think we're a tiny bit short for top four, mate, if I'm being honest. I think that's a fair a fair assessment, mate. And um, I'm going to totally agree with you. I still think there's a lot of work to do. Manny, I'm going to let you comment on this one. You have made it quite clear over the years that I've spoken to you that Mo Elneny is not your... Well, you're not his biggest fan, let's put it that way. However, what was so different about Elneny and Party uh, in this Arsenal side, mate? Man, Dan, you got me twisted, man. I'm not a fan of Arsenal players, bro. <laughs> like, you know this. <laughs> that there's not a lot of Arsenal players at the minute that I look to and I go, yeah, I'm a fan of them. You know, because I've seen a lot of them and I've, you know, read them and I've seen them for who they are. Now, El Nenny in that performance against United, let's not, let's not, you know, beat, the, beat around the bush here. United made it easy for us. United made it easy for us because like United fans in the comments last week, they disrespected every facet of Arsenal. Whereas other teams respected what we were bringing to the table. While, you know, the Sheffield United, the Leicesters, the West Hams, the Liverpools and Cities, they prepared for us. 
United thought them and that donkey manager of theirs thought that playing a diamond, right, a diamond would help stem the flow of how we play football. We tried to create overloads in the wing. So he thinks, yeah, playing the diamond and playing narrow is the way to go forward, which tells you exactly their thinking here. So United made it easy for us, but still El Nenny and Partey and the rest of the lads had to go out there and perform. What we had in midfield was mobility, energy, and legs. Because even when Solskjaer woke up for about five minutes, he still wasn't able to do what he wanted to do in that midfield. But I would err on the side of caution and say, we haven't seen enough of that partnership to say that this is the way to go forward. We need to see it a lot more. And I fear against you know a team like Villa that are going to sit in a low block, it, it's going to be a case of horses for courses. So you may see, you know, Sabios and you may see Xhaka come back in because the game is going to need just that. It won't need as much legs, as much energy as the United game needed, you know. So we need to see Partey and Onani a lot more before saying, yep, that, that's the midfield too. But I'll say this as well, right? And going forward, right? damn, I forgot what I was going to say. It's gone out of my head completely. <laughs> Come back to me, Dan. It's gone out of my head completely, bro. Come back to me, bro. Well, do you know? Well, do you know what, Manny? The only thing I was going to say that I believe that you that you've, you haven't touched on that I wanted to was if there is any doubt in anyone's mind whether or not you wanted to class El Nenny as your man of the match, go and look at the clip of him in the 91st minute and tell yeah. me that that is not what you want to see in our midfield. He was chasing everybody down. He chases yes. Shaw and Lindelof yes, this, down. This, this is to, this is what I wanted to. You there, mate? Oh, Manny's internet is going to go again, isn't it? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, Yeah, go on, mate. You're back, you're back, you're back. Yeah, can you guys hear me? Yeah, Yeah. go on, mate. You can hear me, yeah? No, I was going to say that over the years, we've got a lot of stat padders, right? We've got players that look good on stats, right? We have a lot of them. And over the years, El Nene was one of them. When you watch Arsenal Football Club, when you watch these players, you watch two things. You either watch the game or you watch the stats. And one of the two will tell you something completely different. So the pass map that you've seen from Xhaka, if somebody had not seen the match, they'll tell you, what, Xhaka had a good game. Look at, you know, he completed this many passes. Then you look at, you know, then you look at his performance and you're like, well, he didn't really go anywhere. And El Nene was the same thing before that performance, you know, against United. He did something that was different. He brought that ball forward and he drove it forward. Over the years, we've had a lot of players that look magnificent on stats. And that is the problem that we've had for a very long time. And we need to move away from that. So the energy, the legs, the mobility is what we're going to need going forward. I just don't firmly believe that it's going to be El Nene that's going to bring it to the side. I think you make a great point and I want to talk quickly before we move on uh, to start to talk about the Villa game about Thomas Partey because for me Thomas Partey Albert has been an amazing signing and I think he will probably go down as one of the best signings that we've had in midfield of the Emirates era and I said this the other week and Manny rightly said well Manny he's hardly kicked a ball yet but when you know you know when you're good enough you're good enough the experience the guy's got he's lifted the dressing room he's lifted the team for me he's made our midfield into a transformation and I think that he's always looking to be dominant on the ball. And what I loved most about that the other day was he lost the ball and he went back and he got yeah. it back. Every time he did make a mistake, which all players do, he'd make up for it. And he's a beast in midfield. He's got the power and presence that I think we've lacked since Gilberto or Patrick Vieira. And I do believe that signing will be so, so important for us moving forward. 
Sorry, Dan. Is it the thing? Is that go, the on name, is it? go on, Albert. Yeah, go on to you, sorry. man. Go on. Yeah, sorry. But, um, sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, That's all right, man. No, um, <laughs> no, um, yeah, you know what? The Thomas party, when, when going back to sort of the transfer window and all the shenanigans and who is going to come in and who is going to leave, you know, we'd, like I said, I've said this a million times before, we've been drip fed as Arsenal fans. We don't have any money. And, you know, people saying, is, if it's a choice out of the two, do you want Thomas party or Hossim Awa? And, you know, I always said, as much as I want a creative player at Arsenal who's going to do the damage, who's going to pick, pick the spaces in between the, the midfield and, and the attack, I, I wanted Thomas Party like many, many Arsenal fans did. And um, it took a bit long to get him, like last day of the transfer window, um, typical Arsenal, but we got him. And um, Darren, you know what? I think the biggest way I can compliment Thomas Party, even though we know about him and, you know, he's not an unknown commodity, you look at the way some of the ex-pundits wax lyrical about him. Um, Owen Hargreaves was singing his praises on um, B- um, BT Sport about him um, when we played um, away to um, is it Europa League. I can't remember who we played, mate. I forgot. But even the way Roy Keane came out and mentioned about him being an ex-Patrick yeah. Vieira. You know, I, I, I don't take those things lightly. So we know we've got a quality player, but then the fact that when you have ex-pros coming out and speaking about him in that way, and it goes with obviously what we're seeing on the pitch. Um, we've missed, like you say, you make a good point in regards to he's probably the the closest we're gonna have. Bit early to say, but in a day we know what we've seen with Thomas Party already and what he can bring. You know, he is the nearest thing to what we've had since the days of Gilberto Silva and Patrick Vieira. He brings that athleticism and the box to box and uh, cons- you know consistency. Even though he's still been at Arsenal a short time, um, so it's onwards and upwards. But Dan, I think to the best way for me to sum it up about Thomas Party is it's all well making a signing of Thomas Party, which is great in isolation. It's what you do to get the tools around him to for in for him in order to flourish. And that's going to be important going forward, whether it be come to January transfer window or come in the summer window. We need to get the right creative players around him and obviously to work with what we already have at the club. But um, yeah, get the right players around him and you'll flourish even more than he already has. Man, I think you're absolutely spot on. And I've been a huge, huge fan of this signing. I'm also a huge fan of the Gabriel signing. I think that's going to be absolutely epic. I think he's been fantastic. Um, and I think those two players are the the kind of Sol Campbell and Gilberto Silva or Vieira signing that we've so needed for 15 years or so. Um so I think that those two signings, if you look at what we've done in that transfer window to what Manchester United have done, they must be livid. I mean, to spend 80 million on Maguire when we've signed 27 million on Gabriel, yeah. to have, you know, Thomas Party walk into our side at 45 when Fred was 55 million, you know, mm. Pogba was 100 million. Bruno Fernandes was I know, a great player, but God knows how much he was. And you look at the, some of the other players that you forget about, the Lindelovs and the Bailly's, who were both 30 million. Juan Bissaka was 50 million. Luke Shaw yeah, was 30 million. million. You look at this and you think, do you know what? Maybe our recruitment has been bad, but has it been as bad as Manchester United's? Because they must be absolutely livid. The recruitment has been just absolutely dreadful. So that was why we, me and Manny were so surprised. Manny just dropped off again. I think his Wi-Fi is terrible, yeah, yeah. by the way. Um but that was why we were so frustrated because Manchester United fans were getting very cocky, very arrogant, very confident about, you know, the way that they're, the place that they're at or where they're at, should I say. 
look at where both the teams are at. We were quite realistic about it, me and Manny. I looked yeah. at the situation and I could hear Man United fans going mental, saying four or five nils. And I'm thinking, where are, what are they watching? Because, you know, just because they beat Leipzig five nil does not mean to me that they were going to come and wipe the floor of us and then yeah. prove the complete point that we were disciplined and, and we could get it over the line. So I'm just going to bring the team up, man. We'll wait for Manny to come back on. Yeah, And then we're going to be joined by our Villa fan very soon. So I'm going to bring up what I think the team's going to be. Um, this isn't what I would pick, Albert, but this is what yeah. I think uh, think Arteta will go with. Um, he seems to have his favourites, doesn't he? So, he does, he does. You know, we're, we're going to talk about it because I think it's going to be quite interesting to see. Um, I've gone for Leno in goal, obviously. I think he'll keep the back free of holding Gabriel and Tierney. Um, I can see on the left... Saka staying there, and I think on the right, Bellerin. I think he'll stick with Party and Elneny. A lot of people have questioned whether Chaka or Sabayos would come in. But after last night's performance, I think we're probably going to see him stick with Party and Elneny. I think Arteta is very kind of key in certain positions of, of, of this Arsenal team that he wants to try and stick to what he believes is form keeps you in the side. And I think those two need to be playing. But I think he is going to stay with the front three. A lot of people are saying Pepe may get the shout against Villa. I think he'll stick with Willian, Lacazette and Aubameyang because I feel that he just wants Willian as his signing. He seems to, I don't know about you, but he seems to prefer him over Pepe. What do you make to that team, Albert? Do you think it will be similar to that? No, no, Dan, you know what? You took the words out of my mouth. I've actually, I actually think, that will that will be the team. I think the only the only one I would probably possibly put in there um, is Pepe. But on the same token, I, I don't think he will. And I'll tell you why he won't. I think I saw his press Arteta's press conference. Um, I think it's after the game yesterday, and um, he meant or was it today? But he mentioned about um, Pepe, and he talked about consistency and. I think Pepe's a victim. And I think many footballers are that in the sense that when you have a player at a club who is a big money signing or just a new signing coming in and a new manager comes in and that player's not their player that they signed, I do think that's an issue. And hence the reason why I don't think Pepe has actually started. Um, I think he's only, if I'm right, correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, I think he's only started one Premier League game at the start of the season. That was away to Man City. I've got that right. Um, mm. So I, I think with, I think that team is a good. I think that's a good shout actually. But it wouldn't surprise me if Granite Jacker does come in. Just got a funny feeling about it. But you know what, man? It, it, I have not guessed one team right no. on this show, and I've been what, what is seven, eight games in. I have, there's always a curveball. Rob Holding was one of them against Manchester United. There's always a curveball. Uh, before I bring our Villa fan in, Manny, um, I think you're back with us now. Uh, do yeah. you think the team, the team that we went went for there? Do you think that's what it's going to be? Do you expect any surprises against Aston Villa on Sunday? Mm, no, not really. You know, I think Arteta would have looked at you know Xhaka's performance last night and gone. You know what? That's that's good enough to come back into the side. Um, like I said, horses for courses, man. So I, I don't think Pepe has done enough. He, Pepe's frustrating. He, he's frustrating the life out of me at the minute because. You know, there's so much ability, but he either overthinks it or overdoes it. You know, he doesn't keep it simple, you know, and he's just, when you're a one-dimensional player, you need to be able to hide that one-dimensional self a lot more than he does. And he's not doing enough of that. But 
personally, I would start him because Pepe will bring the yeah. chaos that we need to break down a Villa side. Stretching Villa all over the place is how we're going to get the win here. And having Willian, who is a shape and structure kind of player, he's not going to do that. He's not going to create the necessary chaos that we need. Example, Sheffield United, when we needed to break them down, you, you brought on Pepe and that's yeah. the chaos that you needed. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. So the only change I would make is having, you know, Pepe coming for Willian. You know me, I wouldn't have Gunnar Xhaka anywhere near this side. I wouldn't have him anywhere near this club, mate. But it is what it is. I think, you know, I think Sabay also will, will come in as well. I don't think this is a game for El Nenny. I think this will be a game to have a bit more guile, which, you know, Sabayos has. And we'll see how it goes, man. We will see how it goes. Um, go on, Albert. So I was going to ask you guys, like, in regards to Pepe, um... I've said this before, like, because you can have a player who's strong on, on one side, like if they're left-footed, you know, they can still use a right foot and vice versa. But with Pepe, because he's so one-footed, I, I, I said, even we had, we saw it a bit yesterday where him and William switched. I, I don't see why you couldn't play Pepe on the left of a three. I just want to know what you guys thought. I just think it makes sense. Yeah, listen, I've always said it on this show a lot of times that I think Pepe is so one-footed and so predictable. And on the yeah. right-hand side, I don't believe that it's the right position for him. I've seen him centrally two or three times and he's dominated and caused so many trouble, so much yeah. trouble for the centre-backs. When I see him on the left, what I see is him more comfortable on yeah. the football and the ability to go on the outside if he wants to. He doesn't always want to, but I think he's just more, because he's naturally left-footed, it just seems more comfortable there and I've been quite impressed. So I think you've got a great point there. Uh, I'm going to bring Manny in on it because I know he's he's got a lot to say about Pepe. I know Pepe, like like me, I, he's frustrating yeah. me like Lacazette is, you know? Yeah. Uh, but Manny, what do you make of that? Pepe in a different position, mate. If you put him on the left-hand side, then that means you have to put Aubameyang through the middle. That, that, that's, that's the way I see it. You have to put Aubameyang through the middle because Aubameyang on the right will be as ineffective as, you know, having Pepe on the right-hand side. Do you know what I mean? So that's the only way I would have Pepe start on that left, you know, and him and Aubameyang can, can switch whenever they want to, you know, to have Pepe a bit closer to goal. That's the only way. That's the only time I would have Pepe on the left-hand side. But I believe in order to get the best out of him, you know, his best performance for me was the Chelsea game. Have him detach off the wing as much as possible. Have him going into positions where he's tough to pick up. Have him, you know, picking up the ball in central spaces and driving at defences. Make him a lot more elusive. You know what I mean? Because like, we think about, you know, players who were left foot dominant. Think Mares in the Premier League right now. Or think, you know, the most one-footed player I think I've seen in a long time, Iron Robin. Yeah. He made a career, he, that guy made a career out of cutting into his left and nobody could stop it, right? Nobody could stop it, but he was so good at it. Iron Robin always seemed to have time on the ball. Pepe always seems to have two or three people around him every single time. So make him harder to pick up. Make him pick up the ball in, in places where defenders do not want to track him. Go back and watch the final. Rudiger was chasing Pepe at one point all the way back to our box. When Pepe went into the central space, Rudiger had to go back and retreat into his position because he didn't want to chase Pepe there. That's how you get the best out of him. At the moment, we're not playing to his strengths and he's not doing enough either. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, him on the left, only when, if Aubameyang's through the middle. 
Yeah, and I think just to finish on Pepe before we move on, I think personally the games I've seen him play well at Anfield last year when we lost, I thought he was brilliant down the middle when he was taking on Van Dijk and Robertson like they weren't there. I thought he was fantastic, as Manny says in the Chelsea FA Cup final, just gone. And I think that where he has scored his goals, even last night's, was more from a central role. So I think that if we were to put him in a different position as opposed to just being on that right-hand side, then we might see a system where he can shine because I think there's a player there. There's bags and bags of talent. He's 25 years old and he's probably the most skillful player that we've actually got. I just wish that it would work out for this guy and I wish some of the Arsenal fans would get off his back, although he is very frustrating. Moving on, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome our Aston Villa fan for this evening, Chris from Villa Together. Chris, how you doing, bro? Yeah, good mate. about yourself? I'm very good, thanks, mate. I'm very, very good. I'm looking forward to the weekend's game. It seems that games are coming thick and fast. Um, but let's start with Aston Villa. How have things been for you? I'm not going to lie, man. I had you down as being relegation, sort of struggling another season. But at the moment, I have to say, your midfield looks transformed and you're playing very well in certain games, mate. Yeah, I think um, when you look at it, kind of, when you break it down, this season, we've had two bad halves of football, which was the the second half against Leeds, where they scored three against us. Um, and then the first half against Southampton, where they scored three against us. Apart from that, we've we've been brilliant in all fairness. Um, you know, we won four in a row. Obviously, you know, great results against Leicester and Liverpool. And it was one of them, I think, like, we, we've spoken about it a number of times. Um spoken about it when when you look looking at you look at your fixtures don't you and you always look and you try and say okay we'll we'll win that one we might get a point there stuff like that and I, I genuinely looked at those fixtures when they came out at the start of the season and I looked at Sheffield United we had first game and we've struggled against Sheffield United for a number of years to be fair obviously in the championship we we didn't really do do anything special against them then so I wasn't sure about that Fulham our record against them at Craven Cottage isn't great so I wasn't sure about that and in the games after that, obviously, you look at Liverpool and Leicester, you're thinking, well, we definitely won't get anything against them. Um, so to win those four has been brilliant. And we have continued our good form from the back of the back end of last season. Obviously, back end of last season, we needed to get eight points from our last four games to stay up, which we did. Included wins against yourselves and against Crystal Palace, points against West Ham and Everton. And we certainly had a bit more of a, you know, a kind of, building from the back tougher to break down approach and we brought that into into this season i think in the leeds game and the southampton game a bit of our old naivety kind of slipped slipped into the team whether it was a case of that they kind of thought well do you know what we we've won four games we've beaten leicester we've beaten liverpool they almost like as if they felt like they could beat anybody and it's kind of mm. okay it's it's a in theory it's a good mentality to have. But you know that in the Premier League, if you try and go toe-to-toe with some teams, they will tear you apart. And Leeds did that. I think the Southampton game, when you look at it, certainly statistically, when you look at it, um, they had four shots on target in that game. They scored four goals. Um, and obviously, you look at the goals, two two brilliant free kicks. Danny Ings, you know, brilliant goal as well. Um, so... Possibly slightly unlucky, but you know what it's like in this league. You give teams chances, and we gave you know James Ward-Prowse two two decent opportunities from free kicks, and they took them. But um, I think overall, no complaints really. I think um, you know, say 
the most kind of optimistic Villa fan might have said, okay, we'll we'll get we'll get wins against Sheffield United and we'll get wins against Fulham, lose against Liverpool and Leicester, and then beat Leeds, beat Southampton, and 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 that was that that would have been the most optimistic Villa fan at the start of the season. And that's the position we'd be in now, points-wise. So I don't think there's any complaints, really. We've just got to make sure that we don't kind of go on a, a bad run now and let let this kind of let these these bad mistakes slip in. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think it's been a strange old season. I did not see this season coming. Anyone can beat anybody. We know that. But there's been some really strange games. And obviously, the Aston Villa-Liverpool one was one of them. Albert, I'm going to bring you in about Aston Villa because... I go into this game confident because we're at home and I think that on paper we should beat Aston Villa. But where are the danger men? Um, Jack Grealish is clearly one of them. But is he the only one that you'd be worried about or is there some more that you think we have to be careful of? Yeah, um, I I mean, in regards to the game, um, I think Villa haven't beaten us uh, away for about six years, I think it is. Um, The days of Christian Benteke um, scoring a a brace at the the Emirates. But um, our record generally is pretty good at, at home to Villa, they've beaten us like three times in the last 10 years or so. Um, but um, you know what? If it, it's funny because sometimes in football, it's timing. Um, if this fixture had come up before Villa lost their last two games, I'd be a bit more cautious because they're flying high, the conference is there, you know, you know, 12 points out of 12. But you know, they're coming into the game with two sort of two losses, um, conceding um, quite a few goals, but. Obviously, Grealish is going to be the obvious danger, man. Um, sometimes you know who the key players are, but it's how you stop them. Um, Jack Grealish is going to be difficult. Um, Ross Barkley, I've been impressed with um, <clears throat> that we've really got him for a, a year alone. Um, Villa together, the guy you got at the back is a really good defender. Is it, is it Konza or, Con- or Konza? Yeah, yeah, really, good, yeah. Really, really, really good. So um, I think the other danger, man, um, I would probably say, depending on. I don't know how Oli Watkins, he's done obviously got a hat-trick against Liverpool, um, which is fantastic for his confidence and, you know, a player coming up from the Championship into the Premier League, you know, can he cut it? So, I think the other danger, man, I would probably say is probably Ross Barkley, to be honest with you. Depending on, I don't know how well he's played since the sort after the first four games. I know, um, I'm sure my, my my fellow gentleman there, the Villa fan, can tell me, but um, I don't know if they're going to be cautious, Villa, you know, Dan. Um, because they've got the, what well, I don't know, when I looked at Villa like before the start of the season, in terms of, um, I thought they had a very, very good transfer window. A very good transfer window. They addressed the areas in terms of they got a goalkeeper and who we know very well, Dan. <laughs> still, still a topic of debate at Arsenal, even still. Um, but that's a whole other show, man. And then um, you got obviously bought Ollie Watkins and you got Ross Barkley on loan. So you sort of addressed like the spot they addressed the spine of the team. So it's going to be a difficult game on on Sunday. Um, so yeah, um, prediction-wise, if I was, if it's really pushing me on it, I'm gonna go. Knowing that I've got a bit of issues still creating chances, um, it's gonna be tight. I would say we might sneak it two-one, mate. I think that's that's a fair assessment. To be fair, Manny, I'm gonna come <clears> to you on this one because I wanted to time how long it would take for somebody in the comments to talk about the Aston Villa uh, keeper, and Albert beat me to it. <laughs> so, Manny. It's going to be Leno versus Martinez. Uh, if Leno has a shocker, we're going to see Arsenal fans going to meltdown yet again uh, and start uh, saying that we sold the wrong goalkeeper. So 
do we just need to put this one to bed now and yeah. move on? A couple of weeks ago, you decided to have a bit of a rant about Arsenal fans still going on about it. Yes, they've got a great keeper, Aston Villa. Yes, he's probably going to have a great game against us, but he's not our player. So yeah. let's just move on from that one, yeah? Man, please. Lucas, Lucas Fabianski used to have great games against us when you come back to the Emirates, man. It's the, the goalkeepers, period, have great games when they come to the Emirates. It's, it's nothing new, you know. So anybody who's making it Leno versus Martinez as opposed to Arsenal versus Aston Villa needs to slap themselves because it's not about that. It's not about individuals. It's about going out there and putting the performance. The, the, I stopped caring about, you know, Emmy Martinez when he was holding up the Aston Villa shirt because it's done. He had accomplished what he wanted to do and that was to win a trophy with a club that he's been with for the majority of his career, right? So he had done just that. So you let him go with, you know, a bit of happiness in your heart because he fulfilled what he wanted to do. Do you know what I mean? And he meant that. So for me, it's Villa versus Arsenal. It's not Leno versus Martinez. Stop making it about, you know, a player that has nothing to do with Arsenal Football Club anymore. Let that go, Arsenal fans. Let it go, right? Let it go like Elsa, man. Let it go. <laughs> and Manny, what do you think about the game? It's going to be a difficult one, obviously, bro. Um, some danger, man. We've talked about yeah, Barkley, Grealish, Watkins. What do you make of it? And uh, how do we take three points, man? Well, they're going to be more resolute defensively than those three donkeys and zebra outfit that you can see in my picture right there, bro. They're going to be <laughs> a lot more... <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm 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 picking at United because they really rattled me last week. You know what I mean? And watch watching Demba watching Demba Bar have the freedom of in, of Istanbul was just a sight to see, but it was great stuff. But no, no, I think Villa will be more resolute. I think yeah. I think they would have looked at you know how Leicester performed. And would have been and they would have been like, you know what, the, these guys will will shoot themselves out. They will create as many chances as they're going to create in that first half. We'll have an opportunity here to just stay in the game. And then that's going to be the game plan. I think, you know, Leicester was the blueprint, you know, for how bad we've been creatively. So it's going to be a tough one. I, I don't believe it's going to be a 2-1, though. I, mean, I think it's going to be a weird 3-2, just like last season. You know what I mean? Nobody's expecting oh, a yeah. shootout. But I believe it's going to be a shootout, mate. And we need to go early if you want to get anything out of that game man to get Villa to come out of their shape you know what I mean so I'm going for 3-2 for the boys but it's, it's going to be a tough one man it really is yeah I, I totally agree and I think it's going to be a very tough game I actually think it's going to be a very tight game I'm not so sure there's going to be as many goals as a 2-1 mm. or a 3-2 either uh, Chris I've got to bring you in though man because we've touched on Martinez we've touched on some Arsenal players we touched on some Villa players um Let's start with your team news because I have no idea what sort of team it's going to be at the weekend. What do you think the team, Aston Villa team, is going to be on Sunday, mate? Um, it will be. I'm. I don't think there's going to be any changes, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be Martinez in goal, then uh, back four, uh, Matty Cash right back, Konza and Mings centre halves, uh, Matt Target left back, midfield three. Um, it will be Douglas Luiz, John McGinn, Ross Barkley, Trezeguet on the right, Grealish on the left, and Ollie Watkins through the middle. The only possible change could be bringing in Conor Harrihan for one of the midfielders, but I just can't see it happening. Um, Harrihan's like, he's a great 
dead ball specialist and he's got a great left foot on him. But games tend to pass him by. And I think, especially now you guys have got Thomas Party, so you've got in midfield, you've got more legs than what you may have had previously. Um, it's just not the right game for him, I don't think. So I'm pretty sure that 11 is going to be what we'll line up with. Fair enough. And then looking at the Arsenal team, I mean, we have got some players that I'm sure can cause you some problems. Aubameyang, everybody talks about on here. I always ask them sort of, you know, if you could have a player, who would it be? And everyone says Aubameyang. Uh, usually, who are the danger men as far as Aston Villa are concerned on Sunday um, from an Arsenal point of view, mate? Do you know what? I, um, I'm a big fan of William. Um, I don't know what, what you guys, what your thoughts are on him in terms of how he is, you know, how he's been this season for you guys. But I just think he's one of them. He's um, Every time he's played against us for Chelsea, he's been uh, one of the best players on the pitch. And he's also, he's a bit of a dead, dead ball specialist as well, isn't he? So that extra element, I always think he's just got that extra bit of class to his game. Obviously, um, Alabama Young. Um, trying to think, um, I mean, usually... Uh, our left-hand side gets exposed because we play with high, high wide fullbacks. So, so the idea really is the fullbacks bum on. They get high, they get wide. They're our width. Jack Grealish is on the left, and the idea is if our if our fullbacks are wide, Grealish can come inside. Whoever's on the right-hand side can come inside, and they almost act as either three strikers or two number 10s and a striker. But what you find is that when when Matty Cash gets forward, Trezeguet will cover him and he will come back with him. And when the when the, the team overloads us with a fullback and a winger, Trezeguet will come back. On the other side, you've got Jack, Jack Grealish who covers. Now, Jack Grealish does get back, but I think because he's an attacking player, he gets himself into position, but he doesn't necessarily make the tackle. He doesn't make the tackle, make the block, make make the interception. So it all falls on Matt Target, and sometimes players get at us then. So there's potential that Bellerin and, as I said, Willian down that right could get at us. Um, I mean, I, I think Saka's a good player as well. I think he could he could possibly exploit the kind of high line from the fullbacks as well, certainly down your left. Um, so I think those are the guys really, probably you, you wide, you wide players um, and Alabama Young, I think in all fairness, um, because we have that tendency at times to, to just push too high. We didn't do it for those first four games. We didn't do it that much. The last two games, for some reason, it's whether they think, do you know what? We can get at these teams. We can get at them. If, if you let us play, we can get at them. And it seems like they've, they've just thought, yeah, we'll get at them. And we've just been bombing on and bombing on and bombing on. And it hasn't worked. Whereas from the back end of last season, um, like when we got the three points against you guys and against Crystal Palace, we were very pragmatic at the back. And then we, we was building from the back and doing well. So we need to kind of get back to that approach in all fairness to, to just try and be hard to beat first and foremost and then get the ball forward. Because I think with Barkley, with Grealish, these guys have the, you know, they've, they've got the the tools in their locker to kind of create something out of nothing. 
Yeah, it makes a good point. Manny, I've got to bring you in on this though, man, because we talk about William, we talk about Bellerin on the right-hand side and Chris has kind of exposed the Villa weaknesses. Our right-hand side, I just do not feel confident in still. And I know that you were talking about it on the in Old, Tra- Old Trafford saying it was a lot better, Manny, but I've got to bring you in, man. Does, does that fill you with confidence? Because I kind of wish that Villa had a worse right side because our left side is so much stronger, in my opinion. What do you make of that comment, Manny? Man, we've got to make, you know, we've got to move away from being a left side dominant, you know, side. You know what I mean? Because we get figured out easily. You know, hence why I don't want Xhaka in this game because you know he's going to pass that ball in one direction and one direction only. And that's down that left hand side. Do you know what I mean? So, and it's easy to plug those gaps up there. So our right-hand side has to be a lot more fluid. And with having, you know, Partey in the side, you have a midfielder who's able to support and bring that, bring out that right-hand side a lot more. Listen, if, you want, if we want to be a bit more dangerous, we cannot rely on the, on the left-hand side, you know, over and over and over again. Do you know what I mean? And being able to get things down the right means that Obama Yang becomes a lot more elusive. You know, well, then again, Wan-Bissaka is not the best footballer. So, you know, it, it just makes him a lot more elusive and it makes him, you know, be a bit more involved in the game. Do you know what I mean? So whether we like it or not, we need that right-hand side to be solid, you know. So whatever happens, however we attack, make sure that it's effective and it gets Villa pulled in all different directions, because that's how we get we get this game done. Do you know what I mean? I totally agree with you. And I'm fed up with people saying that Arsenal was so lopsided because we've seen this for years. We've actually gone through an unbeaten season with a very, very strong left-hand side, but our right-hand side was just as strong in certain games as well. Uh, Albert, let me bring you in on this one because I think that the way that we've got to try to start killing off teams is to obviously take our chances. And that is something that has let us down, not just against Leicester, but also against Manchester United because, as you said, rightly so, we could have been 2 or 3 new up in the first half. We need to start or stop, should I say, with these excuses of, oh, but we should be 4-0, oh, but it should be 5 yeah, it should be, but it's not. Our front three are to blame, are they not, Albert? <laughs> you know what it you know what it is, Dan. I think with Manny touched on it actually a little bit in terms of I said it on my channel, like we've become a bit too one-dimensional. Um mm. you know, I don't I don't understand. We, we can if you want to try and exploit teams with in with the fullback area, um, it can't just be down, it can't be one-sided. And I think the issue you've got is. It's not, I wouldn't say I'm digging Arteta out. I just think from what I've seen of his time at Arsenal, probably particularly coming into this new season, that I would like to see sections, like a bit more combination play in the team. And also as well, a bit more, I would definitely say more of a settled front three. One week it's Eddie Nketiah, one week it's Lacazette. One one week Pepe comes in 15, 20 minutes. The other week it's William. I'd like to see a more settled front three. Um, we knew the issue coming into the start of the season is that, you know, the same old buzzword of us as Arsenal fans is creativity. Um, but having said that, we have had chances, you, you earmarked the game against Leicester, where we've had chances to, we've had, char- we've had chances to get one goal up, going at halftime, two nil up, but we haven't taken it. But like I said before, it's being one dimensional. I'd like to see more, uh, of a settled front three, Dan and Manny, to be honest. And, and, it, and also on top of that, to add even further, in regards to Bukayo Saka, I think is an absolute godsend 
to our football team. Um, he's he's putting in performances that is showing up the experienced players at Arsenal that have been been in this squad and team for the last four or five. Mm. Um, and I think going forward, in terms of it'd be interesting to know what you guys think um, in regards to Saka's future and where he plays in the team. I think he could be effective on the right of a free or the left of a free. He's that good. You know, he comes on for five minutes yesterday and he gets an assist. That's not by accident. He, he, the guy's talented. So, yeah, just I want us to be not too, not one-dimensional, come out on the front foot a bit more better. And to me, going forward, having a more settled front three. Yeah, listen, I, I think everything you said there is absolutely spot on. And I'm going to bring Manny in on this one because me and him talk about it quite a lot about our front three. Albert brings up a good point, Manny, about Saka. Now, I have been a little bit harsh on the lad and maybe it is a bit out of order of me because I'm kind of expecting a lot of the guy at 19 years old. But some of the chances he's missing, like the free header against uh, Manchester United, he missed a chance against Man City and Leicester uh, and I think even Liverpool. And even last night, it's like just tap it in and he still missed and it. it was saved. That does become frustrating. But do we sometimes forget, Manny, this kid is so young and because he's so good, he's, he's like Albert says, showing up these senior players, i.e. Lacazette, for example, what do we make of it? You know, I saw Joe Willock last night, who I've also been saying maybe he's not going to make it at Arsenal, but I thought he was class. I want to see him do it more consistently, by the way, against better better opposition, but I thought he was outstanding mm. last night. Some of these youngsters, Manny, are becoming the solution to us now where they should just be like squad players, if you get me. Well, it's not that hard to outperform some of these senior players <laughs> because some of these senior players don't have a set. Damn, they don't have a set, you know what I mean? They, they just expect to turn up and, you know, it's just going to happen. You know, a lot of our front three, a lot of the men that Saka is looking to are not doing enough in order to score the goals and to get in positions to score those goals. They're very lazy and they just expect things to happen. Do you know what I mean? So when I look at the chances that Saka is getting, it's not by, you know, it's him getting in those positions. I haven't been harsh on him because I, I expect him to finish it because those are simple chances. Those are chances that you finish whether you're an 18, 17-year-old. Do you know what I mean? Because he's yeah. getting in those position so I expect more because he's been in positions like that before I remember his goal against Bournemouth in the FA Cup yeah right? class. so if you yeah. can score if you can score that goal you can bury that header against United you know what I mean if you can score that goal you can bury that chance against Edison you know what I mean so I expect that because I've seen it from him you know but I don't want him to lose that instinct Right, I want him to keep that instinct of I'm going to get to the byline and I'm going to put that ball in a dangerous area Five minutes, like Albert said. Five minutes is all it took for him to get that ball in the dangerous area. Mm. Why? Because his football brain is switched on, right? He mm. wants to get that ball there. He wants to get in those positions to create. That's what he was doing. He didn't get 11 assists for no reason. Yeah. You know, he didn't get 11 assists by, you know, getting to the byline and just cutting it back. You know what I mean? He was doing it by being, by playing on instinct and by doing what he wants to do on that football. You know, so on the right of a three, on the left of a three, that boy needs to be in the team yeah. because he's doing what we want our front three to be doing. The front three, right? The Lacazette and the Bamiang and Pepe and Willian look to him on how to play football at the minute, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Play, it's true. Yeah. It's, it's true. And it, and it is true. And, you know, the reason I've been harsh on the lad is maybe because I, I want him to do so well and I, I'm a bit of a perfectionist with Saka because I love what I see. I actually think he, you know, everyone goes on about Martinelli who I think is going to be fantastic, by the way. But I kind of, 
in a way, I'm looking at Saka, maybe it's because he's English, I don't know, but I kind of see that he could do more because I just look at that guy and I just think you can play anywhere. You're playing left wing back and performing. You're playing left centre mid and performing. You're playing left wing and right wing and performing. He could play number 10 or right wing back and he'd still be given 110%. And that's the sort of mentality and character that I want to see in an Arsenal shirt. And that's why it's so great to see. Chris, I've got to bring you in on this because I... Listen, I love young English players coming through. I know that you're now starting to get a couple of Mings and Greedish in England shirts as well. But there's something about the character in these lads that we always love in football. And I think you've got definitely got one in Jack Greedish there because he just he just pulls the strings. So I want to finish kind of off by talking a bit about Jack Greedish. Um, is he going to stay at Villa long term? And does that, I suppose it depends on where you, where you finish in the league this year. And how good can he be? Because he's still fairly young. Do you know what? He, you know, people are, people are obviously starting to stand up and realise how good he is. And he, he hasn't really changed much from when he burst on the scene at seven, when he was 17, when he came into the squad, um, it was the 14-15 season under Tim Sherwood. He, he, he's the same player, but he's bigger. He's, he's, he's worked hard in the gym. He's strong. He, you know, I know he, he gets fouled a lot, but in terms of his upper body strength, he's quite good at, at knocking players off him and stuff like that. Um, he just seems to get better and better each each week. Um, he knows he knows what he's good at and he does it. Um, I'd love to start. I'd love to say he's going to stay long term. Obviously, he's been with us for a while and there has been opportunities for him to go. Um, it was it was only a couple of years ago when, not because he wanted to, but out of necessity, he looked like it was going to go to Spurs oh. um, because we we, we'd go, we were going into administration. Uh, but luckily, the new owners came in and said, no, Jack Grealish, he's not going anywhere. And then he's... You know, you kind of thought the back end of last season, if we went, I think if we went down last season, it'd have gone 100%. Um, you know, I think more teams would have been willing to go for him then because they would have got him for a more a more reasonable price. I think, I think when you look at Jack Grealish, I think in the market for a player that you'd be looking at, which I think he's better as a number eight or a number 10, but obviously he's, he's very good coming from the left as well. I think in the current market, you're probably looking at about a 50, 60 million pound player. But to Aston Villa, he's closer to 100 million pound player. So obviously, when it comes to him signing a new five year contract and us staying up, the price for him then would have been closer to the 100 million pound fee than the, the kind of, you know, 50, 60 million pound. Um, I think teams like maybe Man City, Man United may have paid, you know, 45, 50 million for him. But I don't think. They would have paid more than that, but obviously that 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 comes, doesn't it? Sometimes you you know you guys know all football fans know that sometimes you have to pay over the odds because a player is worth a lot more to their current football team than other teams. You know, you think of the the actual sheer kind of fallout that there would be if we lost Jack Grealish because he he makes our team tick. Honestly, I think he, I say he could be. I think he probably is one of the best players in Europe at the moment. Um, you know, you, you look at his stats last season, I think he created the second most amount of chances in the Premier League behind Kevin De Bruyne. Um, fourth, fourth most chances created in Europe um, ahead of Messi, who was fifth. 
Um, this season, I think he's, he's the second most goal involvements um, for as an Englishman, um, second behind Harry Kane. Um, he's got four goals, four assists already this season. Uh, and he just seems to be going from strength to strength. And I, I said, I, I've been saying probably for 18 months, give the guy a chance to play for England and he'll show you what he can do. And he did it. I know it was a friendly and it's against Wales and people say yeah, it was Wales second string. You know, essentially it was England's second string as well. You look at, you know, they kind of just lobbed a load of players together to get them playing. Um, and, um, and, and yeah, I, I just think he can. It's a tough one because certain players, you know, are at the right club. So sometimes I feel like is Jack at the right club with Aston Villa, and then obviously other players they kind of they are better than the club. I think you can kind of look at it two ways. People can look at it and think, do you know what he's too good for Aston Villa? But you know sometimes it just fits right for him at the club. Um, but I still think he, he you know he's one of the best players around. I think if he did go elsewhere, it would have to be the right move for him in terms of where he plays. And, you know, they've got to play to his strengths, not just lob him in the team and expect him to do exactly what he did at the previous club. You know, similar to Sanchez, maybe, you know, Alexis Sanchez, you know, was good at Arsenal. He goes to Man United and they kind of expect him to be the same at Arsenal, but doing a different job at United. It's got to be the right fit for him if he does go elsewhere. Obviously, I want him to stay because even on Sunday, you know, it's we weren't great. But going forward, you know, we scored three goals and Grealish set up one. He won the penalty for the second and he scored the third. Um, yeah. and, he, and, he, and, he had, and he had an average, fairly average game, you know. And if he's if he's doing things like that, that's what sets the, you know, the, the great players from the, you know, the very good players. If you if he's having an involvement without him playing well and he seems to be doing that now. Um, so hopefully, yeah, he'll go from strength to strength. I'd just like to see Villa go up as well. Um, but realistically, I think, you know, he's 25. So, you know, if, if we're struggling around the bottom the bottom three again, you know, looking to finish 16th, 17th, does a guy who's got lofty ambitions of playing in Europe and kind of nailing down a place in England squad, does he really want to be battling relegation? Probably not. But again, sometimes to, to kind of get into the England team, you've got to be playing regularly. So... He's certainly a tough one. I want him to stay at Villa, but whether he will, I'm not sure. I think the the new contract that he signed was probably just to ensure that we got the the kind of best fee possible and we didn't lose him on the cheap. Well, listen, I think if you keep your players fit and the consistency you have shown, although it has been a bit uh, up and down of late, I think personally you've got enough to stay in the division and I think you'll keep Jack Grealish if that happens. I think, you know, he may look at going somewhere else if you were to go down, um, but he might not play every week then. You know, I like the guy and I would have loved yeah. him in an Arsenal shirt personally. I think he'd be just the sort of character that we needed, uh, but he's certainly going to do uh, some damage, I am sure, this season. Chris, um, Albert thinks it's going to be 2-1 to the Arsenal. Manny thinks 3-2 to the Arsenal. Uh, what do you think the score is going to be? on Sunday, Chris? Do you know what? <clears throat> I can see this going one or two ways. Part of me thinks, do you know what? We, we could nick this um, and get a, get a 2-1 win. Um, but then uh, I think, um, when was there, how many goals has Alabama Young got this season? <laughs> Not many, bro. One Not in the many. one in the league and one in the uh, in the Europa League. Is that right, Albert? He's got two in the league. Was it uh, first game of the season? Fulham and then United. Um, of course, penalty. he's got two because he got the penalty in the on yeah. Sunday. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not many, mate. 
because what tends to happen with with Villa is that t- um, teams will turn up against us, and they'll have a player that hasn't scored for eight years. And that's <laughs> what um, we have that issue. But yeah, gen- we have that. Yeah, genuinely, it happens when oh, so and so is woefully out of form. They haven't scored for twelve games, and then they score a hat trick against us. Um, so there's part of me that thinks that that Obama Young will get two or three against us. Um, but I'm going to go for a Villa two-one. I think. Uh, I know our record, it's an odd one because our record isn't great against Arsenal, um, like, like you mentioned previously. Um, but we've got much worse records against the likes of Man United, who I think we've beaten we've beaten once, um, you know, in the last 20 years or something in the Premier League. So, you know, our record there is terrible. Um, our record against Man City in the last hour of many years is poor. So, in terms of the traditional top six sides, um, Arsenal are a team that our record is slightly better, um, and we have we have had some we had some decent wins against Arsenal, but that was that was obviously before um, you know the, the few years before we kind of started plummeting down. Um, but yeah, I, I feel two one. The thing is, Arsenal have changed, haven't they, under Arteta? And I think Arsenal are still a work in progress. Mm. And they're a bit more pragmatic than maybe they probably were under under Arsene Wenger. Obviously, um, under what's his name, Emery. Emery. Yeah, a bit more pragmatic in terms of Arteta three at the back. He wants to be a bit more solid. So sometimes I think you kind of you don't you're not as attacking as you maybe should be, despite the players that you've got. Um, so it's kind of like part of me thinks. That could go in our favour. Part of me thinks maybe not because then we're not going to have that space that the players want to be playing in. But um, but yeah, I'll, I'll go with two one. I think um, I think we'll, we'll we'll nick it, and I hope we do because you know after losing losing two in a row, if we, if we made it three losses in a row, you kind of think you know what's happening here. So fair enough, mate. Very very optimistic. Uh, I actually think it's going to be a really tight game. I think both mm. teams are going to find it very hard to score. Uh, but I'm going to say that we're going to go get over the line and take three points and I'm going to go for 1-0 to the Arsenal. I think it's going to be another victory um, and I'm I'm fairly confident about that. However, you never know what's going to happen in this Premier League. Before we go, because um, we are running out of time, I want to ask Manny a quick question because me and Manny have had a little bit of a debate about the Eddie Nketiahs, the Reese Nelsons and the Joe Willocks of this world, but I do need to bring up the performance of Joe Willock last night. So Manny, I'm going to bring you in on this one. Joe Willock, what does he need to do to get into this side? And do you think he can make it in the Premier League consistently for Arsenal? Joe Willock. I'm back in the kid. Right, I'm backing him. I've backed him since he got into the first team because I've seen qualities in him that we don't have in the team currently. Can he do it on a consistent basis? Um, when he gets those opportunities to be, you know, be in the starting lineup and he performs like he did yesterday, I don't see why not. You know, I don't see why not. He's different. Out of all the midfielders that we have, apart from Partey, Willock is the only one who will go beyond the striker in order to get in those positions and they'll make those runs that will bring trouble to deep blocks like, you know, a Villa are going to set up. Or I think, you know, Villa are going to set up that way. Do I believe he can make it in the Premier League consistently? Well, we need to see him in the Premier League in order to see that, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm back in the game 100%. Um, because he's an Arsenal boy and, you know, that's what we do, isn't it? So I believe he will, Potts. I believe he will. Albert, I'll let you have your say on this one before we finish. Joe Willock, what do you reckon, mate? Um, 
you know what? As we quickly touch on like the frustrations you have with Pepe, I have done frustrations with Joe Willett because I've always said he does the opposite of what he's supposed to do. So when he's supposed to pass, he shoots. When he's supposed to shoot, he passes. But Manny makes a good point, and he's the only player we have in that probably squad who goes beyond the front three. Look at the first goal yesterday. Look at the second goal. He goes beyond the front three. He makes the runs. Um, I thought he was desperately, desperately unlucky not to be on the, at least the bench against Manchester United. I actually thought he would be my wildcard pick to start the game last week, to be honest with you. But he wasn't even in the squad. But you know what? I, I want to see him get some game time because, like I said, like Manny said, and I, I agree, like we he's something different from what we have in terms of breaking the lines. Um, people, yeah, the, the whole Ramsey thing, the late runs, and he's the only one that does it. He's the only one that does it. So that's my thoughts, mate. Yeah, listen, you're spot on. I think I've been a little bit critical of some of the kids, but I don't slate them like some Arsenal fans do because they're young and there is time for them to develop. The thing with Joe Willock is he's done it against Dundalk and Mould. I want to see him do it against Everton and Wolves. And I want to see him push forward and do it against Liverpool and Manchester United and show some consistency. You're right, though, Albert, when you say you're frustrated because last night he, he does the wrong thing and then straight away he learns from it yeah. and then gets it and puts it in. So I, I want to see some form from Joe Willock be consistent and you're right he should have been on the bench against United you know yeah. Arteta's got to start rewarding the kids when they do play well I understand if they're becoming frustrating and it's not weight working out for them but for me Joe Willock's someone that's definitely going to be uh, on on the kind of um on, on the edge of of getting a getting a say in the Premier League and the next one to make it through I would mm. say Guys, we have come to an end. Um, it's been a brilliant show. Really, really appreciate Chris for coming on. Chris, thank you so much. I know it's never easy coming on another uh, opposition's uh, fans podcast, mate. But uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on, Chris. Thank you so much for coming on, mate. Yeah, nice no, one. Cheers. Now, I always, I always uh, enjoy going on um, other podcasts. It's always, you know, a good experience. So, yeah, cheers for having me on. Cheers, Chris. And when the reverse fixtures are about, we'll have you back on if you're about uh, or you are one of the boys. How can people come and follow you? Any Aston Villa fans that are watching on Twitter? <coughs> um, we're at Villa Together. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, at Villa Together on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube channel. Um, we're Villa Together. And then if anyone wants to listen to us, um, we're on all the... Um, the usual podcast places, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that kind of stuff. Um, just search Villa Together. Great stuff, Chris. Thank you so much for coming on. Manny, thank you once again, mate. Absolute pleasure. As always, um, how can people come and follow the Ars Brothers on Twitter, not yourself? <laughs> well, just follow the Ars Brothers, man. If you want to everything that I do, I, you know, I put out uh, something called Truth Bombs on the Ask SoundCloud. I do it ever so often, you know, when I want to talk about, you know, real, real things with no filter. Um, so, yeah, man, pop over there. We do did our, you know, Ask Bro Monthly earlier today as well. So if you want to have a look at that, it's on our YouTube page, Ask Bro's Rant. Facebook as well, Ask Bro's Rant. And if you go over there, like I said, disclaimer every time, we have no filter. And then we see, we do, we, we talk about it how we see it. You know what I mean? So it's not for the faint of heart. So if you go over there, just be prepared, man. So yeah, back as always, Pots, man. And always a pleasure, man. I love this show. 
Nice one, Manny. Thank you very much. Please go and follow Manny and the Ask Brothers at the Ask Brothers. They've got literally just today uh, their monthly. So please go and check it out. It's a great show. And I have to leave the best of last, man. Albert, it's been a pleasure, man. Absolute pleasure having you on. I'm so pleased we finally got you on the show. Uh, and thank you so much for coming on. I hope you enjoyed it, man. Yeah, Dan, big shout out to you, man. I've, I've always always loved this podcast. Always wanted to be on it as well. Great, great to see Manny on as well. Love his views. Um, I must say, a big shout out to um, Lee Judges and Graham for losing loved ones in a difficult time. So, my love to those two, man. Definitely. Um, yeah, appreciate the the call, um, the the, the call out really, and I'm glad to have come on here. And yeah, find me on Albert JTV. My Twitter handles there. Um, subscribe to the channel. Check out my content. I like to think I'm quite balanced, but um, there might be some games this season where I might not be so balanced. <laughs> Man, thank you so much for coming yeah. on. Please, everyone in the chat, please uh, please make sure you come and follow Albert on Twitter. Great content, great show, uh, forever growing. Uh, and it has been a real tough year for you, man. So I really do, uh, heart goes out to you, man, because uh, I, I can't imagine, I can only imagine, man, what that must yeah. feel like for you losing a loved one to COVID. So uh, thank you so much for coming on, Albert, top man. And yeah, thank it. you to everyone in the chat room as well tonight. Um, there's been over 200 of you at one stage. Thank you very, very much for watching live. Please catch us on the same old Arsenal every Monday evening at same old AFC. If you want to come and follow myself on Twitter, it's at DanArsenal87. Please like this video please subscribe if you haven't please let your mates know we're all quite balanced level-headed Arsenal fans and we just literally want to talk about our club so please come and join us and I hope the channel to grow we've just got to 10,000 subs I'd love to get more and more if we can uh thank you very very much to everyone and please up the Arsenal please on Sunday <laughs> take care everyone Sports Social Podcast Network with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.